In today's show, I'm going to be breaking down the latest technical analysis and quoting Michael Saylor, Bitcoin is money, everything else is credit. Preach. We're also going to be discussing a scenario which can see Gary Gensler replaced by the SEC's crypto mom. Also in today's show, Bloomberg analyst says the PayPal stablecoin announcement is not yet priced in and predicts huge ramifications for Ethereum. Also breaking news, pro Bitcoin Javier Malay wins most votes in Argentina's primary election. Quoting him here, Bitcoin represents the return of money to its original creator, the private sector. Bitcoin has an algorithm that one day it will reach a certain amount and there is no more and it can compete with other currencies. Preach. We'll also be discussing the most epic rant from Max Kaiser. Here's a glimpse. Wall Street is fraud. America is fraud. The world is fraud. Banks are fraud. Central banks are fraud. We live in an era of fraud. It's all based on fraud and they get a percentage of the fraud. That's the business model. The main topic for today is Peter Thiel's prediction that the Bitcoin price will hit $4 million per coin, but there are enemies of Bitcoin, which is currently preventing that from happening. I'll be breaking all this down for you, all this plus so much more in today's show. Yo, what's good, crypto fam? This is first and foremost a video show. So if you want the full premium experience with video, visit my Rumble channel at CryptoNewsAlerts.net. Again, that's CryptoNewsAlerts.net. And welcome to y'all just joining us. This is pod episode number 1300. 71, believe it or not. Time sure does fly. And this is August 14th, 2023. I'm your host, JV, and we have lots to cover. Let's kick off with our market watch. As you can see here, we can see Bitcoin currently consolidating, trading just above 29,300. We also have Ether and many of the major alts correcting and in the red. And checking out, uh, yeah, is at coinmarketcap.com. The current crypto market cap sits at $1.17 trillion. And checking out uh, the Crypto Greed and Fear Index, we're currently rated a 50, which is neutral. Yesterday, a 54. Last week, a 49. And last month, a 56 in greed. Without further ado, let's dive into today's uh, Bitcoin technical analysis shall we? Here we go. And welcome y'all just joining us in the live chat. Make sure to say hello and let me know where you're tuning in from. As you can see here, Bitcoin hit multi-day highs after the August 14th Wall Street open as modest volatility trickled throughout the market, which you can see here in the Bitcoin one hour candle chart. We got data from Cointelegraph Markets Pro and TradingView, tracked the trip past 29.5, marking the highest Bitcoin price action level since August of uh, the 10th. Uh, yeah, that's for the past week. Now, unusually flat trading conditions followed by a brief dip to 29,000 support comprised weekend price action. And this is now appearing to give way more interesting behavior. Analyzing the current setup on exchange order books, we got popular trader Dan Crypto Trades quitting him here. Quite the wall above price, uh, supposedly to push the price down. Often these big orders are spoof orders and have no intention to actually get filled. He also shares that does show that there is some action going on in the books in this price region, which you can see in this chart. Bitcoin nonetheless stayed above key resistance zone for the bulls to flip with 29.7 still in the line for the sand for the continuation and quitting rec capital. Bitcoin will soon challenge the multi-week series of higher highs for a breakout attempt. Uh, and he 
also shares this chart. And if we take a look at the latest weekly close of significance, despite the recent lack of volatility, coming in at just above the key 29,250 level, which the bulls required, quoting him again here, Bitcoin has just about the weekly candle closed above the 29,250. And already Bitcoin is showing very early signs of successfully retesting the 29,250 level of support for this week, coupled together with the diamond-shaped bottom, a rebound could be near. And what are your thoughts? Do let me know. Meanwhile, the dollar stalls, which I mean, it's not surprising to me. We all know that fiat is trash at the end of the day. And quoting the Giga Chad on this throwback when he used to work at McDonald's, look at that apron doing whatever it takes. Quoting him here, Bitcoin is money and everything else is credit. Preach. And welcome y'all just joining the live show. Don't forget this is a live and interactive show seven days a week. So make some noise and let me know where you're tuning in from. And at the end of the show, I'll be reading everyone's comments out loud. Now let's discuss rumors that Gary Gensler can be replaced by the crypto mom. How many of you would be excited if Gary Gensler did get replaced from the SEC? As you know, he is currently the chairman. Let me know your thoughts in the comments right down below. This is actually quite interesting. The U.S. securities regulator could completely U-turn its approach to crypto enforcement depending on a key election in the U.S. next year, 2024. According to the former SEC official, John Reed Stark, in a August 13th tweet, the former SEC Office of Internet Enforcement chief predicted that a Republican president could drastically shift the crypto regulatory tide, including the potential appointment of crypto-friendly commissioner Hester Pierce to replace Gary Gensler as the agency's chairman. If you'd like to see that happen, let me know in the comments. Now, there are currently a number of Republican candidates in the running. We have former President Donald Trump remains the most popular candidate amongst Republican voters, followed in a distant second by Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and then by South Carolina Senator Tim Scott. Now, should a Republican be elected as president, according to Stark, Gensler would likely be replaced by Pierce, a.k.a. Crypto Mom, as he shared here in this tweet, with or will the SEC approve any of the recent Bitcoin spot ETF apps? People often ask for my opinion on whether the SEC will approve any of the recent spate of Bitcoin spot ETF apps, which is an interesting and important question. And he goes on to share that he thinks that, like I said, Gensler can be replaced by uh, Hester Pierce. Now, he also says the world should expect that most U.S. SEC crypto-related enforcement and most crypto-related SEC disruption would grind to a screeching halt. So is he trying to say that corruption is all democratic? Very interesting. Stark also drew attention to the increasing polarization of crypto regulation within the SEC and U.S. politics more broadly. When Stark first began writing about crypto in 2017, he said a diverse scope of politicians held the same viewpoint with then held President Trump, uh, Secretary Hillary Clinton, as well as Congressman Maxine Waters, who we have seen blowing kisses to Sam Bankman-Fried. You can't make this stuff up. Now crypto has become far more divisive issue. Republican candidate DeSantis said he plans to protect Bitcoin and vowed to ban CBDCs if elected president. And on the other side of the fence, we have Democratic Senator Elizabeth Warren has made a number of concerted efforts to crack down on all forms of crypto in the country, going as far as forming an anti-crypto army as part of the Senate re-election campaign. Until such a time when a Republican sits in the Oval Office, Stark said it was unlikely that a regulator would become any more friendly towards crypto, predicting that the SEC will reject the 
current swath of spot Bitcoin ETFs for a range of compelling reasons. Let me know if you agree. Do you think that a spot Bitcoin ETF is likely to get rejected or you think the one from BlackRock will likely get approved as well as a list of others? Now, citing an August 8th Better Markets SEC comment letter, Stark shared that spot Bitcoin markets have a history of artificially inflated trading volumes and are highly concentrated within the hands of a few actors and rely on a small group of select entities to maintain the Bitcoin network. This reportedly leaves investors extremely vulnerable to manipulation by bad actors. Well, another reason we need a spot ETF and enough of the futures ones that are manipulated. Despite the number of industry heavyweights from the world of traditional finance, such as BlackRock, the world's largest asset manager, Fidelity, lodging apps for a spot Bitcoin ETF product, Stark believes the SEC will eventually reject all of the outstanding filings, which goes against what other experts are predicting, including Bloomberg analysts, as well as all the guys in charge of the ETF, such as Eric Valchunas. He's predicting like a 99% chance that the spot Bitcoin ETF does get approved. We also got to consider the track record of BlackRock getting ETFs approved by the SEC is something like 575 to one. So I am more optimistic that a uh, approval of the spot Bitcoin ETF does get approved by the SEC sometime before the Bitcoin halving scheduled to be in April of 2024. But what are your thoughts? Please let me know in the comments right down below. Now let's discuss the latest ramifications of the PayPal stablecoin. Many analysts are predicting very bullish things to come as a result, but could this have a negative impact on the altcoin market, such as with Ethereum? Well, Let's discuss it, shall we? And welcome to those just tuning in. A strategist from Bloomberg says that PayPal's launch of its own stablecoin hasn't been priced into the markets yet and should have a significantly positive effect on Ethereum. Now, Jamie Couts, crypto market analyst of Bloomberg Intelligence, says that market participants are discounting the fact that PayPal's network is hundreds of times larger than Ethereum's. And since the PayPal stablecoin is an ERC-20 token, meaning it's on the Ethereum blockchain. Couch says that even a small amount of PayPal users converting their PayPal stablecoin will have a massive effect on Ethereum. Quoting him here, the PayPal announcement is not priced in. PayPal has 435 million active accounts versus Ethereum layer one and two active addresses of only 1 million. So if 1% convert a dollar balance uh, to the stablecoin, 4.35 million, begin to use it. Then the ramifications of the Ethereum ecosystem and ETH, the asset, are massive. And you can see here all the blockchains versus Ethereum versus the stable coins. Now, taking a closer look at Ethereum, Couts also says that the leading smart contract platform could be undervalued when considering the large growth and fee revenue compared to the rather modest increase of the price. He says such a divergence preceded the bull run of 2020. Quoting him again here, 2023 fees have climbed 176% versus the price up 53%. The relationship between the two was instructive for the last bull market when the fees outpaced the prices in 2020 after the two-year decline. This is a very strong performance from the leading layer one outperforming our expectations on the erosion of fee income from layer two expansion. Ethereum's moat is deepening and widening. So there you have it. How many of you are bullish on the PayPal stablecoin? I have to share my insights. I do not trust PayPal. I don't even trust having a PayPal account because they can freeze your assets at any time. They've done that to me in the past for no logical reason. And also, they can freeze your cryptocurrency if you're holding it on the PayPal, you know what I mean, website. 
not your keys, not your cheese, no different from an exchange. So if you're going to be using PayPal or any centralized exchange to make a sort of transaction, make sure to hold your private keys or forever hold your piece. Now, obviously, the mass adoption element is very bullish considering they have almost, what do we say, 400 plus million active users. This is bullish. That's why we have some Bitcoin advocates uh, predicting that this news alone, which is not yet priced in, can take the Bitcoin price faster to a quarter million dollars per coin uh, sooner than later, as Charlie Shrem predicted, which I covered in a few episodes ago. But let me know, are you bullish for this factor that the mass adoption is coming in, which we're uh, seeing right now in real time with PayPal, with the launch of their stablecoin? Let me know your honest thoughts in the comments right down below. And now let's break down some more breaking news coming out of Argentina. Let's go, Latin America. Please stand up. Here we go. Major news. An Argentine politician who supports Bitcoin and calls for abolishing his country's central bank, much respect, has taken the lead in the country's presidential open primary elections. With over 90% of the votes counted, libertarian pro-Bitcoin candidate Javier Malay is leading with nearly 32%, and he is trailed by the conservative Together for Change party with just under 30%, according to Bloomberg. Meanwhile, the left-wing union for the homeland uh, coalition, the incumbent government group, Group is third with just over 28 and a half percent of the vote. Now, Malay founded and leads the Liberty Advances Coalition, whose views have been described as anywhere between libertarian and far right. Malay calls himself an anarcho capitalist and has rallied for Argentina's central bank to be abolished, calling it a scam, and has said that human organ sales are just another market. Now, he says Bitcoin is a reaction against the central bank scammers and claim that fiat currency allows politicians to scam Argentines with inflation. Let me know if you agree or disagree. Now, such rhetoric has proven popular with Argentine voters who face an annual inflation rate of a whopping 116%. Yikes. The worst in over three decades, adding to the country's cost of living crisis. Now, Argentina's general presidential election will be held October 22nd. And if no candidate secures at least 45% of the votes, a runoff election will be held in November. Now for some very... Uh, powerful quotes coming from him as well. And doesn't it kind of remind you a little bit of Austin Powers? I know he has that Jeet Kune Do pose of Bruce Lee right here, but Anyways, here's some powerful quotes. Bitcoin represents the return of money to its original creator, the private sector. Bitcoin has an algorithm that one day it will reach a certain amount and there is no more and it can compete with other currencies. Bitcoin is the natural reaction against the central bank scammers and to make money private again. In economies with high inflation, the scam problem is bigger. That's why, as I suggest, you can propose to close the central bank. Inflation is killing us and job uncertainty doesn't let you plan your life. The central bank is a scam. It is a mechanism by which politicians cheat the good people with inflationary tax. So much love and respect to the candidate. I hope he wins. I'd love to see a uh, pro-Bitcoin president in Argentina, wouldn't you? And what if he followed in the footsteps of Bukele and made Argentina where Bitcoin is a legal tender? Wouldn't that be something and game-changing? Let me know how you feel that is likely to play out, and if you think he'll win the presidency. And with that being shared, fam, now let's discuss the era of fraud as per the high priest of Bitcoin, Max Kaiser, and then we'll be discussing Peter Thiel, his $4 million price prediction, and specifically the enemies of Bitcoin keeping the price suppressed. 
from hitting 10 to 100x from today's price. And then we'll dive into our live Q&A. So massive shout out to Max Kaiser. I posted this this morning and I uh, ultimately transcribed an epic rant that he had. And I hope you have heard it before. If you haven't, you got to hear it directly from Max. But here's the next best thing, me <laughs> quoting it. Wall Street is fraud. America is fraud. The world is fraud. Banks are fraud. Central banks are fraud. We live in an era of fraud. It's all based on fraud. And they get a percentage of the fraud. That's the business model to suggest that there is any moral or ethical aspect to anything going on now is to be completely naive about the fact we live in an era dominated by financial terrorists, 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 jihadis of banking. They are here to kill you and themselves. They don't care because they are trained at madrasas called Princeton, Harvard, and Yale. They believe in an ideology, not the Quran, but Adam Smith, and they completely misread and misinterpret as something to justify their blowing themselves up. And the cost of terrorism is cheap. 9-11 only costs $500,000. The ability to borrow money and take over a company by Warren Buffett is zero. He is borrowing money at zero. He is taking all of those jobs away. He's creating economic destruction because of financial terrorism. And that's the era that we live in today. Are you going to stop it? There's only one way to stop it. Raise interest rates right now. Make the cost of terrorism too high. Do it today. If you don't, you're a freaking terrorist. Janet Yellen is a terrorist. The Central Bank of Japan is a terrorist. They are the real terrorists, not the immigrants, not the people dying in the water. So there you have it. Let me know if you agree or disagree with the one and only Max Kaiser. Shout out to him and Stacey Herbert and to all the beautiful people in El Salvador making a change and making a difference, preaching the holy gospel of Bitcoin. I have a lot of love and respect for this man. And with that being shared, now let's dive into our breaking story of the day. Now, Peter Thiel, if you're not familiar with him, he was one of the keynote speakers at the Bitcoin Miami conference last year, and he made a very great speech and he pinpointed Bitcoin's enemies. Now, some of those enemies of Bitcoin have come around, including the CEO of BlackRock, as well as others. But this is very, very interesting. So I want to break this down for you. Quoting Peter Thiel, I transcribed his speech from the Bitcoin Miami conference. Here's what he had to say. The enemies list is a list of people who I think are stopping Bitcoin. There are a lot of them. They tend to have nameless, faceless, bureaucratic perspectives, which is, of course, one of the ways they hide. And he goes on to share, we are going to try to expose them and realize that this is sort of what we have to fight for, for Bitcoin to go up 10x, 100 X from here. And if you run the math fam, 30,000 times 10X is a $300,000 Bitcoin and 100X from 30,000 is 3 million. But the time when he made this prediction, Bitcoin was above 40,000, hence the 4 million prediction, just FYI. Anyways, he continues, the central banks are going bankrupt. We're at the end of the fiat money regime. The first person on the list is Berkshire Hathaway CEO, Warren Buffett. Thiel put up a picture of Buffett with two of his most famous quotes about Bitcoin. Number one, rat poison. And number two, I don't own any, and I never will. Then he opined, I think the sociopathic grandpa of Omaha is perhaps the most honest and the most direct in it. Preach. Phil further noted that Buffett has a bias that makes him long on the fiat money system, and money managers who follow the Berkshire Hathaway executive's advice will pretend it is complicated to invest into Bitcoin. Now, the next person on the list of Bitcoin's enemies is J.P. Morgan Chase CEO, Jamie Dimon, as Max commonly refers to as... Jamie the tapeworm. Now, Thiel put Diamond's picture up with the quote, I don't call them cryptocurrencies. I call them crypto tokens because currencies have rules of law behind 
behind them, central banks and tax with authorities. Then the next picture he put up was that of BlackRock CEO Larry Fink with the following quote, I see huge opportunities in a digitized crypto blockchain related currency, and that's where I think it is going. Now, the PayPal co-founder added that Fink's quote is somewhat representative of the whole genre of Bitcoin attacks that need further context, stating that pro-blockchain is an anti-Bitcoin term very typically. And lo and behold, we all know that BlackRock recently submitted that ETF application to the SEC. So even the Bitcoin enemies are coming around. Anyways, Thiel then brought up environmental, social, and governance, known as ESG standards, elaborating the following. The label they have come up with, and perhaps the real enemy, is ESG. I think that ESG is just a hate factory. That's right. He stressed, you can always ask the question, what's the difference between ESG and CCP, the Chinese Communist Party? When you think ESG, you should be thinking CCP. And quoting him again, it is the finance gerontocracy, if I'm pronouncing that right, fam, please correct me, that runs the country through whatever silly virtual signaling and hate factory to them like ESG that they have, the billionaire concluded. This is what I would call and what we have to think of as a revolutionary youth movement. And we have to just go out from this conference and take over the world, preach. Nonetheless, here's some more quotes from this uh, this speech. It's always hard to know where Bitcoin goes from here. Again, at the time he made the speech, Bitcoin was trading at 43,000 and asked the question, where does it go? Well, I like to say it is that Bitcoin is almost the most honest market in the world. Well, it always is, he says. It is the most efficient market and it was the canary in the gold mine. It was telling us that the inflation was coming in the last two years as it went from 5,000, 6,000 up by a factor of 10x. It is telling us that the central banks are bankrupt, that we are at the end of the fiat money regime, and that's sort of what is has priced in. I think the central bankers, Mr. Jerome Powell, people like that, should be extremely grateful to Bitcoin because it's the last warning they are going to get. They have chosen to ignore it, and they will have to pay the consequences for that in the years ahead. So why has Bitcoin not yet gone to $100,000 per coin or a million dollars per Bitcoin? Why has it not converged with gold or even with the equities markets more broadly? What is it going to take for this to happen? I know that sort of the way we often talk about businesses or technologies as how great the technology is or how great the code is, how great the math is, how it's sort of innovated. But I want to sort of suggest that we should maybe think of it in a one dimension as sort of a political question, and it's a movement, and it's a political question whether this movement is going to succeed or whether the enemies of the movement are going to succeed in stopping us. Nothing shall stop us, just saying. Anyways, fam, what are your thoughts on what Peter Thiel had to share from his speech? Do you agree with the billionaire PayPal co-founder? Let me know your honest thoughts in the comments below. And don't forget to check out CryptoNewsAlerts.net for the full premium experience with video and to participate in the live Q&A. And I look forward to seeing you on tomorrow's episode. Hoddle.